Welcome to Chewing the Fruit. I'm Jules. And I'm Bex. Join us every other Sunday for rants, pants, and all things big girl pants. Bex, how are you? Yeah, really good. Um, you're looking a lot more glamorous than me this morning, though. I'm not very impressed with this. You're looking very fresh, and I look like I've been dug up out of the back garden. I think it's because I've got my background board. I think it might put a wee smoother. Oh, is it it? Have you got a filter on your face? No, I don't think. No, it's not on my face, but I think when I blur the background, oh, I think. Maybe well, it looks very good, whatever it is. And I mainly look like, yeah, I've been buried and dug up. But that is the beauty of being online. Yeah. <laughs> you can wear pyjamas all day. Nobody needs to know. Yeah. So how are you? How's your week been? Yeah, good. Been a, a busy week. Lots of new bits and pieces happening. And even despite the horrific weather, there's actually a red weather warning. I've never known a red weather warning. What for, red? For here, yeah. We had, I mean, crazy floods about two weeks ago. Like, oh, madness. And apparently it's going to happen again tonight. I mean, the Lake District's like, you know, not exactly the Costa del Sol, but you seem to have your own world up there shit a weather system out here on the west coast of scotland yeah it's it's um crazy so yeah just plenty of excuses for ross to take the dog out instead of me then oh it's shit in it being a dog owner in the winter <laughs> like come on My dog <laughs> smells all the time i'm like i love you but you absolute stink oh what? and Cookie just stands about when we go out for walks and literally just looks about and like looks at, oh, it's a bird. Oh, it's a crisp packet. Oh, somebody's opened their door 17 miles away. And I'm like, oh, yeah, come on. <laughs> so that's going to be um, probably on the list this week, isn't it? Where we're talking about hurdles. So things that hold you back when it comes to staying on track with your goals, whether it's, you know, usually fat loss in it that we're talking about, or maybe it's fitness. But weather is probably going to be, well, I'm, you know, it could be called a hurdle or in my language, that would be an excuse. Weather, that really is an excuse on why you're not doing what you're doing. And I think, right, you've got to factor in, we all live in the UK, pretty much. The weather's not predictable anywhere. Like, even in the summer, it might pour a rain. You just never know what's going to happen. So I think, being that we've all lived here our whole lives, You've just got to kind of get on with it when it comes to weather. That's just one of those things. It's everyday life. It's going to happen. And I think you need to set yourself up to have alternatives. I'm absolutely not saying go out in the dark and walk about with headphones on when it's literally blowing a gale and there's a red weather warning. Of course not. But what's the other alternatives? What can you do instead that if the weather's chronic outside, which it's probably going to be for the next six months, what are you going to do? Wait until the light nights come back in to start doing stuff that helps with your goals I think yeah weather's a bit of a um, I'm going to I'm going to agree with you and say weather's an excuse it's an excuse so yeah. I'll give you an example of what I'm gonna do I'm absolutely buzzing every day I'm like it's postman bin I've ordered a walking treadmill oh have you I'm buzzing you wait Thursday masterminds I thought perfect I'll put my phone on a tripod and I'm gonna do an hour's march while I'm while I'm you know, I'm calls and stuff, I can't wait. It only goes to like, I think it's like four miles an hour, but that's a fairly, that's like a brisk walk, isn't it? Oh. Well, oh. you'll need to um, fill us in and update us on this next time. 
Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was, what was it, 150 quid. But to me, I think, right, well, if the weather's going to be shit for the next four months, it's not a bad investment for me, really, if I'm going to be marching about on that. So the only thing I'm thinking is it might be noisy. I don't know when I'm on calls and stuff. So I'll let you know. But yeah, so if your excuse is weather, consider a walking treadmill. You've got online workouts. Um, or if it's if it's more about going out in the dark, then you need to get a pal with you, don't you? Pal and the high-vis jacket on. Yeah, or go at lunchtime. Or there's so many other things you can do to get your movement in that don't involve walking about outside in the dark, in the rain, by yourself. Yeah. Even walking on the bloody spot. When, like, That's yeah, I've, I've got a walking treadmill, but you can just walk on the bloody spot when you're on the phone and that can't, yeah. Like there's all of those workouts, I say workouts in those um, air quotes again, on YouTube, like walking workouts. And they're like 20 minutes long and it's a whole bunch of basically like, I don't know, like grapevines. And... I do them in the Transfigure group. And I like, we do, a, we do, I call them step challenges. But sometimes the half an hour, I did an hour one once and that was pretty bad. Me thinking up an hour's worth of ways to walk. Like you say, it was from like grapevines, heel taps. I felt like... An 80s fitness instructor. Um, oh, well, well, you know, they've got them on YouTube. I like you do with your little um movement snacks. Yeah, you know, I'm Literally put your favorite song on. It's going to be like an average of probably three or four minutes and absolutely bust a move out in the hall, in the kitchen. You get in four or five hundred steps, do that a few times a day. There you go, you've got two thousand steps added, and you've not even been outside. And I'm going to shout out my client, Emily, who got a head torch. And there's nothing I like more than Emily sending me pictures on a walk with a frigging head torch on. So she has overcome the winter hurdle by going out looking like a knob. But <laughs> at least she's getting her steps in. There's solutions for everything. So, yeah, if, obviously there will be other things we cover today that are genuine obstacles and genuine hurdles. Yeah. But I think if you're letting weather... As someone who lives in the UK, if you're letting weather be the reason you don't achieve your goals for six months, I think you really need to reassess what your goals are and how important they are to you. You're going to be fit for about two weeks of the year, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in that two weeks, everybody's going to go, oh, it's too hot. I can't go outside. It's too hot. Yeah. Just have an Aperol spritz in the garden instead. Well, you oh, don't anybody have an Aperol spritz. They're, they're barred. Right, Aperol Spritz, that moves me on to, let's get serious in terms of hurdles. I asked on my socials, I also did like a little form thing for people in terms of what's stopping them achieve fat loss or, you know, maintain results. And alcohol was way up there. I'd say it was like probably in the top three that people were saying alcohol is what is holding them back. So I think the common theme is probably using alcohol as kind of like a soother in terms of I've had a stressful day, I'll have a glass of wine. Um, people being, I'm doing the quotations, good all week and then cracking a drink on a Friday night. And then also it's the knock-on impact of that, isn't it? In terms of like binging all weekend because you're hungover. So that seems to be a big hurdle for people. Yeah, I think, like there's obviously a lot of different parts to that, but if you're having the alcohol as a response to stress or a stressful week, I think there's other things. So it doesn't actually have to be alcohol that solves your problem. And I know that a lot of time that's the common one or that's the easier go-to. And actually, sometimes it is rather than 
looking at the behaviours and what's causing the stress and what else you can do to combat the stress, which can be a difficult thing to do and an uncomfortable thing to do, the easier thing to do is to open the bottle of wine. But it is that easy things, hard life, hard things, easy life. So if the alcohol is there as a stress reliever to a bad week, I think we need to look at what other things you can do to self-soothe or to make you feel good at the end of a week that doesn't include alcohol, because there are other options. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of like, I guess, observing the triggers, the things mm -hmm. that cause you to feel like you want to do that. Um, and there's also like practical things you do. So I've got one client who, it wasn't really about the sort of feeling, you know, the drunk feeling from alcohol. It was more the habit and the social side of it. So she literally swapped bottles of beer for no alcohol beer. And she was like, this has been a game changer. She said, every Friday night I get in, I grab, like, crack my cold beer. And in terms of the calories, I think it was like a quarter of something, of the like hugely different. And that's kept her on track, just trying alcohol-free. So it's worth trying something like that as a, a little practical swap. Um, if it's more just kind of like, you know, the social side of it where everybody's having a drink. Um, so if it's that for you, rather than like you're looking as a as a soother to deal with stress, then that's a practical thing you can do. But it's yeah. hard when it's become part of your life, a habit. And the thing is, what's the habit like? So when you think about it, like I was thinking about when you were talking about your client, about how a lot of people come in after a stressful day, pour a glass of wine or open a beer, run a bath and go and chill in the bath and drink their wine or their beer. It's not actually the alcohol that you're necessarily looking for there because you might only have one. So actually the alcohol itself isn't really making a difference. What is making a difference is that habit and the actions that you're taking. So changing that to alcohol free isn't going to change the experience, but it's going to save you on the calories and save you on the feeling rotten the next day. So do you think alcohol free is a great is a great option? It's why people change to those like people that smoke, change to like vape pens or other, I don't smoke, so I don't know all the names of the alternatives, but other alternatives or why like people go about with like a pen in their hand because their hand's looking for something to do where it used to have a cigarette. So actually, what can you replace that habit with? So replace the alcohol beer with an alcohol free beer. Yeah. And I think in terms of if it's something that's, you know, if say, let's say it's not just a glass of wine, it's like drinking all weekend and then feeling like a piece of shit and eating like shit because you're in that cycle I think it's about reflecting back in on your reason why and what you're doing because if you say with me or with Jules and your goal is fat loss and this is holding you back every weekend then you need to literally go back to basics on paper of why you're doing this what it is that you want to achieve and why is it that you're putting this habit and behavior above that outcome that desired outcome so it's connecting isn't it with like your reason why also I sometimes just say to people it's as simple as right when I ask you why you're doing x y and z you know eating well go to the gym blah 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 health's up there you say to me but then you drink alcohol every weekend now take everything else out of it there is absolutely no benefit no positives to drinking alcohol now, I'm not anti-alcohol, you know, I'm not teetotal, but if it was affecting my progress with something, if it was impacting my mental health, my physical health, I'd be, I'd be questioning it of like, what are the benefits of this? Because 
it's something we can kind of agree across the board, isn't it? That there aren't actually any benefits to drinking alcohol. I think that's quite a good point there. Like so many people do it because it's such a social norm. They've always done it since they were teenagers and it's such a habit. So if drinking is getting in your way every weekend, take a step back and question yourself on it. What are you getting from it? What's most important to you? Like, are you just actually doing this out of habit because you always have done it? Or is it something that you genuinely want in your life? I think when something's been such an ingrained habit for 20 years, people forget to question the behaviour. And do do you still want it? And does it still serve you? I think you also need to look at, like, your fulfilment in life. Because I've got a lady in my head, an example, who this went on for years, this, where it was holding her back the alcohol. So she decided, I'm going to go teetotal for a bit. I'm going to try. I've tried cutting down. I've tried, you know, the softly, softly approach. So I'm going to just cut it out and see how I go. She's never gone back to it because she thought, right, that she had anxiety. She didn't. It was alcohol. And as soon as she cut it out, she was like, Jesus, I actually don't have palpitations anymore. I don't have obsessive thoughts. She didn't really, you know, she was soothing the anxiety with the alcohol. But the, <laughs> the alcohol was the reason. Now, what she's had to do is kind of like redo her life because she realised that her friendship group, the only thing she now has in common as an adult with these friends that she's had for the last 20 years is alcohol. Because she realised that when she stopped, when she'd told him, you know, I, I don't want to drink, I'm, I'm not going to be drinking this weekend, she wasn't getting any enjoyment anymore out of these this friendship group because everything was about alcohol. Nights out, weekends away, they did nothing else apart from get pissed together every weekend. So she's had to like... It's quite scary, isn't it? Like, she, this lady's like, I think she's 50. She's had to go and look for new hobbies. She's joined new groups. But now, after that initial, like, shift that was really uncomfortable for her to go, I'm stepping out of this comfort zone. I'm leaving, like, this friendship group behind. She's now absolutely living her best life. Like, got new friendships that she's forming, new things she's interested in. So it could even be that drastic, couldn't it? If you're at a point where you're like waking up every Monday going I don't want to do this again and then you do it again and then you know you and that's what it was with this particular lady it was like every week she regretted it so she had to go for me it's going to be cut it out and I would say I don't think it's a bad thing for anybody listening who's like this is me alcohol to me back why not try just cutting it out completely for a bit instead of trying to monitor what you drink you don't need to tell anyone you don't need to declare that you're teetotal just go, I'm going to try for a month of just not drinking and just see are there any benefits? So, yeah. yeah. In yeah. terms of just having to think what else was coming up as... Like right. time always comes up. Yes, time. time. And do you know, everybody always says, and you'll hear this a lot, oh, do you know what? I'm going to sign up when I'm less busy, when I've got nothing on, after I've got over these holidays, hen parties, birthday parties. And what I say to everybody is, as women over 30, when was the last time you weren't busy? And everyone's like, eh, oh, I don't know. Because there's never a time you're not busy. So you can't use time as a reason not to do things, you need to then find a way to fit it into the time that you do have. And we're absolutely not saying like a 
no excuses. Yes, you can get to the gym five times a week for an hour and a half and yeah. get up at 5am and prep your food and all this. There's other things you can do that take much less time that fit into your schedule, but we're all busy. You're always going to be busy. So how do we fit it in along with being busy? Because holding off to a time that you're not being busy and you've got more time is just not going to happen. All that suggests is if you have a calm period and then you start, you go, right, I'm going to sign up with Jules, I'm going to sign up with Bex because I've got nothing on the calendar for the next month. All that means is that when something comes back on the calendar, you're going to bomb it off because you live in this regimented existence because you've had a free calendar, which isn't real, is it? We all have the odd quiet month where we're like, oh, I've got no social events, can focus on my gym or whatever. But the best time to start is when you've got no time. Because if you can fit in then and make it work, then you're going to have these months where you're flying because you've got a free calendar so you can turn it up. But I also will say, and, you know, a lot of people don't like to hear it, with time, I believe we're all busy, yeah, but there's also a lot of excuses there with I haven't got time. It's more, I say to people, well, let's just be honest with some stuff. You don't want to make the time you're choosing not to prioritise this thing. So I don't mean like go to the gym five times a week, blah, blah, blah. But when people say to me, like, I didn't have time to get 5,000 steps in, bollocks. That's what I'd go back at, absolute bollocks. When it's something like that. And some people won't want to hear that, you know, and just be like, no, because this all the things I've got to do in a day. And I'm like, I just, it's about priorities. And when it comes to like food prep, yeah, like you, I, you don't get what I get up at five o'clock in the morning and batch cook. But on Monday, I recorded myself prepping two breakfasts and two lunches. And it took me six minutes to prep mine and James's breakfast and lunch for two days. And I thought, I did it just to like prove a point to myself and to my clients. Give me a break. Six minutes on Monday morning. You know, how many people are scrolling Instagram for six minutes on Monday morning before they've got out of bed? Do you not think it's as opposed to people identify it as a lack of time? And it's not actually a lack of time, a lot of it. It's a lack of organisation. Yeah. So the time's there. You're just maybe approaching things haphazardly or you're not planning. So I would say if you think you have a lack of time, actually ask yourself, is it a lack of time or... Is it a lack of planning and organisation? Because you're going to have the same time and achieve much more in it if you plan and you're organised. Yeah. And are you making the habits that you're looking to get fit in as easy as possible? So are you removing everything out of the way that's going to make it take more time than it needs to? So I don't know, really simple examples are like that on a Tuesday morning, I have to be out the house at five. So on a Monday night, I make sure that my lunch is ready to go and I make sure that my clothes are out and my trainers are out. And it's still, you know, it takes me five minutes, 10 minutes before I get into bed. But it means that I've got no excuses on Tuesday morning because I haven't ran out the door and gone, shit, I forgot my trainers and I'm going to have to buy something because I forgot my lunch because there's a little bit of organisation involved in it. But when I'm saying, like, that's bollocks about steps, I'm not just saying make time, like... I've got clients whose lives are absolutely mental, you know, and I'm stressed listening to them, shift workers and stuff with kids. So I'm not going, find the time to do an hour's workout and 10,000 steps and be hitting whatever. But I'm saying, 
find the time to just pick two things that are going to be good for you today. One of them's a walk, one of them's sitting down to three meals, looking after yourself. But like you say, a lot of it is just lack of organisation in it. And also with time, are you giving yourself too much to do? Are you setting your standards far too high? Because actually the things that we have to do as a minimum, as a foundation for fat loss and fitness results, it's fairly low. But actually people overwhelm themselves and they're like, I've got to get 15,000 steps. I've got to get to the gym five times. No, you don't. Can you get 8,000 steps? Can you get to the gym twice? A 20 minute workout can be a cracking workout. It doesn't have to take an hour. You can do things at home. So actually, are you getting in your own way and demanding too much of your own time? And which is just overwhelming you. And then you're like, oh, I don't have time, I don't have time for any of this because you're actually asking too much of yourself. Yeah. And in life, one week, you might have more time than the next week, might you? So it's like when I talk about this law of averages, there is maybe a week where it's an absolute storm and you just haven't got time to do anything other than just survive and tread water. But the next week, when things have calmed down, then you'll go, well, I've got time this week to get my steps in, hit the gym, blah, 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 blah. blah. As long as you then, you know, over the month... Your averages, if three weeks, you, you know, you're ticking those boxes and there's a week that's an absolute nightmare, it's going to work out. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not not what people want to hear, but I do think time, again, can be an excuse that people use. It's like a bit of a blanket statement of I haven't got time. But it's more to do with, like you say, the fact that what they mean is I haven't got time to do all of that, all of those things I'm setting myself but actually they might, they've got time to do like the little bits that are going to move them towards the goal. Yeah, so do do a wee bit less and get better organised and actually you'll find you've got tons more time. Um, Another one that came up, a hurdle, was like um boredom around food. So people say, one lady was like, I hate food prep, like batch cooking because I get bored. Um, And another lady was saying, I start off well and then like, I guess it's kind of like diet food's boring. Um, so yeah boredom with food choices now I mean what I would say is I teach people that you can eat and drink whatever you like and achieve fat loss if you're within a consistent calorie deficit but for me personally in my experience with clients that are successful at losing fat and maintaining fat loss which is actually a lot harder than losing the fat in the first place in my experience, those people do eat in quite a boring way, I guess. What I mean is, you know, just the same types of foods all week. I think you overthink that when it comes to dieting because everybody in regular everyday life, excluding dieting, all eats like the same 20-odd things in their house between breakfast, lunches and dinners. Like, I don't know anybody that, comes up with really outlandish choices for a dinner on a Wednesday night. And I think you're maybe leaning into it a wee bit with the, oh, I'm sick of eating the same things all the time. You'd probably be eating the same things all the time anyway, if you weren't trying to lose fat. And also it's a wee bit of, I think people think they've got to change absolutely everything when they're on a fat loss journey. Actually, the most successful way to do it is to keep actually what you've got and what you like at the moment and control it a wee bit better. 
yeah absolutely trying to overhaul things and like oh i really like tomato soup but oh no the calories in it so i'll just eat this vegetable soup that i don't really like have your tomato soup and just control it better look at the calories in it look at the portion sizes and actually not changing the stuff you eat but more about the amount you eat is a much easier way to lose fat than completely changing everything you're used to eating and everything you like eating and I guess that's what this might be. The you know those people who were saying that is potentially like taking it too literally. <laughs> um, so I am a creature of habit, and that's how I maintain my body composition. And my successful clients do do that. But what I say is, pick some foods that you really love. Pick some three breakfasts you love, three lunches you love. So I'm not saying um, eat salad every day which is what a lot of people do, isn't it? When they go, right, I'm going to lose fat, right? So by day four, they're sick of vegetable soup or salad because that isn't actually what they really like. So that's the difference. When I say, you know, be a creature of habit, well, let's be, if you weren't dieting, your lunch would probably be like a tuna butty or a cheese butty or something. You know, most people would have a sandwich every day or whatever for their lunch, wouldn't they? So I'm like, we'll do that. But just understand, you know, know what's in it. So this is good for people as well who don't want to track because one of the girls had said, you know, I don't want to batch cook and I get bored and then it's hard to track calories when you're not doing that. And I'm like, it's not that hard. Work out what's in a chicken rack once and then have that a couple of days that week. And the other day, have a tuna, jacket potato and whatever you want. But just having that structure helps, doesn't it? It removes decision fatigue. But I'm all like, I agree, I don't batch cook and have like, I wouldn't have shepherd's pie three three nights in a week or something. But I think like what you said there, like when people are like, oh, I've been doing this now for six weeks and I'm bored of eating the same thing. We have all been eating cheese sandwiches for, I mean, I've been eating cheese sandwiches for 43 years now. Still not <laughs> sick of them yet. I will never get sick of cheese sandwiches. So actually because I like them. Whereas if I was to have something in my diet that's only there because of the calorie content of it, it fits well in a bunch of numbers that I'm not fussed about then I'm going to get sick of that really really quickly because I don't actually like it so I think the bigger problem there is not that the food being on a fat loss plan is boring it's you're picking the wrong things that's it and like you just summed it up it's that you're eating it because it fits within your numbers not because you're like honestly if I worked from home like so I didn't have to eat on the go I would have probably scrambled eggs on toast for the rest of my life I absolutely love it most people are like that there's going to be the odd person who's listening to this who for some reason wants to be Nigella every day um but most of us yeah like you say would just be like yes another cheese sandwich so it's picking foods that you like you go right I'm gonna be structured I'm gonna reduce decision fatigue by kind of having an idea of what my breakfast and lunches are gonna look like this week but it's not gonna be salads I don't take salads to work every day like how boring and it's each their own but whenever girls say to me I'm having soup this week I'm like oh my god I'd have to be in prison to have soup for my lunch (laughs) do you go to restaurants and order soup I always question people who do that um, I can't think of ever ordering it in a restaurant, but I'll tell you though, I make a chicken and rice soup that is amazing. That's not really soup, like yes, yeah, because it's like a meal. 
And like yeah. you could practically eat it with a knife and fork. Like you know, with... like when somebody picks off a starter menu, like a carrot and coriander soup, it blows my mind. I'm looking at them like, what? We've come out for dinner and you've ordered carrot soup. Like, do you know they've got potato skins in this restaurant? Why are you eating carrot and coriander soup? Wow. I always think that's weird. Um, but I digress. But that's what we're talking about, isn't it? I think you've got it absolutely bob on. These people who are saying this are the people who are like having a salad, having things that just fit in because it's a diet, not because they're like, oh, well, I really love sausage casserole, so I'm going to have it, but I'm going to just work out how many, you know, what my portions look like. If you don't want to track calories, then you have to do things like think, hmm, I'll probably have like three potatoes and not seven potatoes from a sausage casserole. It's quite mm. simple, isn't it? If you don't, when people are saying, oh, I get bored of tracking calories. Personally, I do think that it's very helpful to track them for a while consistently to understand what's in food because then you literally can eyeball some of it. One of my clients sent me a picture this morning of her breakfast and I wrote back, what we're looking, about 360 calories there. She messaged me back, like, bang on. So I don't track. You'll be the same, won't you? Yeah. You could look at the photo and go, yeah, about 360 calories. Knowledge is power. So that's why it's really useful to track for a bit consistently. Because if you do it right, in the two months, you shouldn't need to be tracking. You should just know that your lunch looks around about 400 calories. Do you not think with all of these obstacles that we've talked about, the problem is people look at the obstacle in one way. And that's why they can't see their way around it. Like the, oh, food's boring. No, it's just you're eating the wrong things. Or mm. I can't get out, get my steps in because it's pouring rain and it's dark. Get some songs on, dance about the living room. With all of these things that are perceived obstacles, come back from it a wee bit, get away from that wall, that obstacle you can't get around, and look for another solution. So actually, a wee bit of thinking outside the box is often what it takes to resolve your obstacle. So I'm going to put a hurdle to you. I'd be interested in your take on it because I think it is actually a genuine hurdle and really difficult to even support people with as a coach, right? So your perspective would be good. What about if your family aren't on board and you're doing your best and the people around you are saying, let's just get a takeaway and, you know, not supporting you? Or like I have this quite a lot where I've got women who are like, the husband won't even go out for a walk with them and won't eat, like, just a balanced meal. They want takeaways and shit all the time. It's really, really hard, isn't it, when you feel, like, alone doing that? Yeah, I, I think... So, obviously, you can try and explain to the people that you live with or whoever it is in your circle that's not being supportive how important this thing is to you and actually ask them for their support. And I think we do this quite a lot, is that we expect people to understand where we're coming from. Like, for example, if I say to Ross... Like, why why did you not clean the bathroom today when I was out? And he'd be like, oh, I didn't. Oh, I didn't realise it needed cleaned. And I'm like, I'm over here thinking, he's not done this. He's been awkward. When actually he's like, oh, I didn't realise that was a thing. If you'd have mentioned it, I would have known. So actually, do the people who surround you know how this how important it is to you? Do they also know that their actions are impacting you? So them always coming in with pizzas and takeaways. You can say to them, You'll not be being rude. Don't ask me if I want a bit. That's how you can support me, is just to not offer me part of it. So I would speak to the people that surround you and explain why it's so important. But also, and this is, you'll love this, 
the community around you matters. So not everybody's going to get what you're doing. Not everybody's going to be on board with it. That's just life. So having a community of people that do understand your goals and that do understand your struggles to support you on that journey is vital. And we say this a lot, community is massive. It's priceless, isn't it? And I think, I mean, people who are in Transfigure community get it. They're all in there because it's that. But when I'm first explaining it to people, I'm like, honestly, coming on to that group and just having a bit of a rant or whatever with other people who are on the same journey as you is so helpful because it can feel so lonely when nobody around you is getting it. Yeah, and so it doesn't actually necessarily always need to be the people that are in your house that support you on the journey. It could just it could be people you've never met in real life. But yeah, having having a community around you is the way over many obstacles. Yeah, and it you've got to at least try having those conversations, haven't you? <laughs> what I would say as well, though, you are at times going to come up against people who are going to maybe not consciously, but sabotage you because yeah. they've got their own stuff going on and you sitting with like your lunch when they're wanting to get a pie triggers something in them. So a lot of the time when people are making comments to you, because I get this a lot where girls are like, beat my lunch and somebody at work saying, ugh, what's that? Oh, you're on a diet. Or, and I'm like, yeah, but it's because it's triggering something in them that you're sitting there doing that. Or, you know, some people have like a partner that deliberately comes home with their favourite food, don't they? And goes, oh, go on, have a bit of this. So there is having the conversations, but if you're still not being supported, I think then it's absolutely essential that you've got some sort of group, friend, community, something so that you've got people that are in your corner. Yeah, and if you're looking for people to be in your corner, Bex and I are always here. Yeah, we are here. We've got you. We're in you your corner. Yeah. Um, have you got any more big hurdles that come up? Yeah, you know, I think the weather, time, alcohol are the real big ones that they come up all the time for practically. I mean, time's the most major one mm. that I see because... Well, I don't know anybody that's not busy. So, no. I think the last one I would just like to add, dead quick, is sometimes I have people who their hurdle is that they don't, like they're not fit enough. So it's like, well, I'm not fit enough for fitness. Yes. You know what I mean? But so then I always just push back and say, yeah, but we were all beginners once. Everybody who's fit. They weren't, they just weren't fit. You know, that's, we all started somewhere. We had a day one, we made that decision that we've got to start. And we started at the very easiest, most basic level. I suppose the, the, the point is, right, you might not be fit enough to go and run 5K or to be doing a hip burpee workout, but you are fit enough to go for a walk around the block or be doing some bodyweight squats or so I think that's a big hurdle, but that I guess that's you, you're in a dialogue, isn't it? That's a hurdle, is the narrative you're telling yourself, that you're not fit enough, or you're too old, or you're too fat. People write that to me, like, I'm when I'm like, what's holding you back? And like, I'm too fat. I'm like, no, 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 that's the way you're carrying fat, and you're telling yourself this narrative. So I guess that's like self-talk, isn't it, a mindset? Yeah, I think self-talk's a big one, people telling. And I, I think it's a wee bit of protection as well because if they kind of come at themselves first they're protected from anyone else saying anything else or thinking negatively because they're like oh well I said it first 
So I do mm. think a lot of that, the fear of, it's a fear of failure. Yeah, and I, people have even said that to me when I've said before, like, what's holding you back from signing up to the Little Black Dress Challenge and the like? Because I've done them all before and I've tried it all before and I've failed every time. And I'm like, right, well, what's the alternative? Yeah. Just staying as you are, unhappy, or trying again. Like, because the alternative is literally just to stay as you are, isn't it? If, and if you're not happy, that can't be your option. Yeah, exactly. Nailed it. Another good one, Jules. We know we could talk forever, couldn't we? In fact, we have today. <laughs> oh, it's been so good catching up with you, though. Yes. Um, hopefully this is helpful for people. Um, I know some of it, like, I, I maybe sound a bit tight when I'm just saying stop making excuses to some of it. But most of it isn't excuses. Most of it would hopefully give some practical advice to people. Yeah, and a lot, a lot of overcoming obstacles is a reframe. Look at it from a different perspective. Come at it from a different angle, and the problem changes. Which is where coaching comes in, which is why you should follow me and Jules, and you should definitely have us in your pocket. There you go, a little plug as well. Exactly. Bex, it's been amazing chatting to you, and I will speak to you very soon. Ah.